0: 20th Century Fox presents Phantom of the Paradise, a Gothic horror story. What was that? A beautiful love story.
1: Up, baby. A,
0: a cinematic odyssey through the rock universe, from Greece to glitter. Oh! and beyond the story of a sound the man who created it the girl who sang it the monster who stole it and the phantom who haunts the paradise the ultimate rock palace
1: so how's things right yeah staying sane no cabin fever
2: uh, as sane as normal
1: yeah <laughs> that's all it takes it's just a
2: I'm, uh, I, I'm in the, my usual spot 10 yards from where I sleep most of the time it yeah. hasn't changed
1: yeah well you got a you got a nice background
2: yeah. I'm, I'm looking forward to uh, when when grocery runs don't Look like a scene from uh, the Andromeda Strain.
1: No kidding! It's so yeah, we weird. A
2: clean tables, and you're wiping everything off.
1: Yeah. Yeah, it was. It, Does this work? Uh, let's see. Well, put put Does it. Does this it,
0: work? Can you hear me? I can hear you. I can hear you. Okay. I have a microphone.
1: Oh, that's cool. All
0: right. I've got a mic, a mic. I was wondering if it would help
1: yeah it might I'd say let it oh. hang let it hang where it normally hangs see if your voice reaches it okay
0: okay
1: oh yeah that's perfect yeah
0: testing testing
1: oh yeah that's perfect um shall we intro this thing and start talking about stuff
0: all
1: right cool hey listeners Keep
0: the intro at the last.
1: We could, you know, all the rules are out the damn window, so why not? Yeah. Well, okay. Let's, let's let's do it the old way, just one last time, as a warning. All right, all right listeners, you're yeah. listening to Chewing the Scenery Horror Movie Podcast. This is a podcast where three friends get together and talk about a horror movie. And uh, well, maybe this one's not so much horror. We'll we'll get to that, but uh, we will spoil that movie, and we'll try not to spoil recently watched. Um, we also thank the Moon Rays for giving us that song. Intro Creature Features at the top of the show. Uh, you could find their music digitally on Apple Music or Amazon. And say hello to them on Facebook where they are the Moon Dash Rays. And we are chewing the scenery. Also, listeners, if you want to get our Plan 9 from Outer Space coloring book, go to Plan9ColoringBook.com or go to Etsy to the Screen Monsters. That's Screen as in Movie Screen, Monsters as in Monsters. Um, it's the Screen Monsters Etsy shop, and you can find our coloring book there. People are starting to buy this thing. I think they're running out of uh, jigsaw puzzles and coloring books that they can get anywhere else, and now they're down to just us independents.
0: All right.
1: <laughs> <laughs> that was a lot. I'm sorry. That was a bunch of housekeeping, but uh, uh, we're not professional critics. And on that note, guys, do you uh, have any recently watched you want to talk about?
2: I, I was, it's a big week for uh, UFO Ufologists.
1: Oh yeah, there was a some admission by the um, <laughs> by the uh, Pentagon that yeah we know there's stuff we don't know what it is. They never I, said aliens. I'd never heard,
2: I, I that video. Um, I've never heard the phrase uh, unidentified aerial phenomenon before.
1: Oh yeah, yeah, that's kind <laughs> of the new thing. They're trying to maybe create a new stigma and get rid of the old <laughs> stigma.
0: Yeah, you have.
1: Yeah, UAPs. It doesn't
0: have the same ring as a UFO.
1: It doesn't. Yeah, you.
0: you there, there's, there's a whole set of guidelines
2: for how uh, pilots report things. Yeah, the, when they don't know what they are. Those
1: things that they just didn't admit were a thing until admitting they're a thing. <laughs> They've gone back and forth in this a lot, haven't they? Yeah. There's a bunch of stuff like, they don't know what it is. So that doesn't mean right. it's an alien from outer space but it doesn't mean it isn't.
0: <laughs> They're clearly angels. <laughs>
1: That's what I was thinking. It's like, how many other sky daddies do people believe in, you know?
0: <laughs> well, one time we were listening to, to George Norrie, uh, coast to coast AM. And I don't remember what the guest was talking about. It's not very important. It was sort of, Speculative science, more than like metaphysics or uh, or anything supernatural. But in the middle of this discussion, George Nori, always the great host, says, "Do you think UFOs could be angels?" Which had nothing to do with anything the guest was talking about.
1: (laughs) He just starts riffing. It's like you,
0: yeah, it was like you, you, your mind just wander away. Well. This yeah. guy was talking.
1: Yeah. Do you, do you want to become president? Because, you know, that's how you become president. You just start oh, dear God. riffing. <laughs> All kinds of nonsense.
2: <laughs> <laughs> I, I'm, when I was seven, I, my, I just joined this junior school. And uh, we had a teacher named Mr. Moody. And uh, he wasn't moody. He was very nice. But he was he was talking to the class and introducing the school to us, and uh, and then he ended up with his his talk with uh, Has anyone got any questions? Silence. (laughs) Questions about anything at all. Stuck my hand up, said, "Is there a connection between the abominable snowman and Nessie?"
0: (laughs) (laughs) And what did he say?
2: He just went with it. He just started drawing on the board. He said, "Well, they don't look very similar, you know. This one has big footprints, and this one has <laughs> like
0: a humps." Oh, that's great! Yeah. yeah.
1: Well, the so. better the better answer would have been, uh, "No, children, but there is a connection between Aleister Crowley and the Loch Ness monster," <laughs> which that that's a thing. Um, okay. So I think someone's running some landscaping equipment or something. So if you hear a weird noise that's weirder than my voice, uh, that's what it is. Don't hear it. Oh, good. Maybe it's not coming in through the mic. Maybe I'm just hearing it. But uh, yeah, people... Somebody
0: around here has been running a weed eater every day.
1: Wow. They're covering up for something else.
0: (laughs) Yeah, maybe that's it. (laughs) Because
1: no one has that many weeds
2: any no. dogs missing in the neighborhood? I <laughs> don't know. Okay.
1: So what have you guys watched? Anything exciting? Anything new? Anything new?
2: Uh, series. Which one? What was that series you, you were saying about?
0: Oh, oh, okay. I'll go. I've uh, been watching a series called Fortitude, which uh, I think it's probably five years old now, but, uh, started out as kind of a pardon my murder, uh, isolated Arctic circle community, mostly researchers. Um, uh, anyway, it started out as a, as a pardon my murder, but slowly over the course of 10 or 12 episodes, it turned into a Michael Crichton kind of horror science thing. Which was unsatisfying because you start out with a pardon my murder. You you imagine there'll be a, I mean there's a mystery there with the, with this whole thing. But instead of the resolution being you know it was person so and so, in this case spoilers, it was killer wasp, <laughs> uh, not from Asia but from. Yeah. the permafrost you know frozen in a mammoth and the, the wasps sting you and make you murderous and uh, I don't know it was kind of silly a uh, couple couple things stood out to me as like hey wait, they didn't ramp up that storyline. Uh, there's a couple more seasons so maybe those will be resolved later. Um, I'll never know because I'm not gonna watch the other two seasons
1: right and
0: uh, <laughs> moving on. <laughs> Right. We also watched another part in my murder, a German one uh, called Der Pass, but they they translate that to Peg and Pete. Hmm. Um, my German's a little bad, but
1: <laughs> I think it translates to the Pete, Pass. Sure.
0: <laughs> <laughs> no, you would be wrong. It's Peg and Peak. Oh, okay. <laughs> which we kept calling Peg and Pete. Oh yeah. We imagine they're an Australian couple.
1: They're like Jack and murders.
0: Joe. Yeah.
1: <laughs> sure.
0: Um, anyway, I haven't finished uh, Der Pass. It's hopefully a little better. Um, we started Fortitude about halfway through. We watching Der Pass because I think Gene was a little tired of reading subtitles. It takes you away from your phone. Uh, Der Pass is German for the wasp. <laughs> oh, that's it. Shit. <laughs> I know how this is going to turn out. Um, anyway, uh, so far, so good. Uh, moving on, we watched Dave, uh, last episode of the first season. Uh, I still really recommend it. Hilarious show. Um, and an episode of What We Do in the Shadows. It's not all right, television. It's nothing to write home about, but. Um, I usually have a joke or two that land and then a bunch of movies. We watched rocket man from last, last year. Um, I don't know if anyone saw this uh, that's about the, uh, John Glenn. No,
1: <laughs> this is the biopic about uh, Elton John Glenn.
0: Yeah. Elton John Glenn. That's right.
1: Yeah. The first piano player on the moon. <laughs>
0: exactly. <laughs> Uh, it should have been about uh Bill Shatner singing Rocket Man.
1: that would have been better yeah,
0: uh actually, I really liked it It's a good movie i I recommend it uh a musical didn't realize it was going to be a musical thought it'd be a straightforward uh biopic, but you no know, they uh they incorporate a lot of elton's songs into his story um great actors uh. Yeah, just an uh, all-around good movie. I really enjoyed that, more so than I would have thought. Uh, watched one from the 70s and the Philippines. Two great tastes together.
1: Um, <laughs>
0: Savage Sisters. Ooh. I don't know if anybody's seen this one. Uh, had Sid Haig in it. Oh, cool. Uh, yeah. Uh, three women run around... The Philippines, shooting bandits and soldiers, and getting into scrapes.
1: How clothed are uh, it's they? Not
0: to love. What?
1: How clothed are they?
0: Uh, they're all fairly well clothed. Okay. I mean, nobody. There was no real nudity or anything, which was a little surprising. But uh, lots of lots of good violence. So does this mean uh, they tr- of-
1: does does this mean they trusted their writing more?
0: Uh, I can't say, uh, what I can say is that I don't think, uh, s- there were like s- stunt directors in Philippine movies in the seventies. I think they just went with it, A lot like Italian <laughs> movies where they're like, we're just going to throw shit at you and run or whatever <laughs> Right You're here, right on the hood of this car. And then we're going to crash into these, uh, parts and you'll go flying um, onto pads or something. Nah, you'll be fine. Uh, Tuck and roll. <laughs> they had a little kid who gets kicked. I'm pretty sure they kicked the little kid.
1: <laughs> <laughs> you get a more realistic reaction when you actually kick a kid. Oh, totally. That look of surprise you know, uh, on their face. <laughs> <laughs>
0: yeah. Uh, moving on, we watch Project Metal Beast. Oh, is that um. Thing? <laughs> This is a movie about a top-secret government plan to obtain werewolf blood.
1: Oh, I like it already. make
0: a super soldier with it. Um, And then they jump ahead 20 years, and he's covered with some sort of metal synthetic skin. I mean, I couldn't tell you what... Uh, if I had seen this movie or not, because that story is so old and tired. <laughs> How many times have we seen a werewolf covered with uh, a metal synthetic skin?
1: <laughs> Let me count the ways. Anyway,
0: <laughs> yeah. Uh, could, they, could they have him fighting Jason X? Oh, they should have. They should have. Unfortunately, it is another aliens kind of or alien kind of haunted house. They're trapped in a, in a in a laboratory where they created the werewolf. I'm not really sure why they start. The movie starts in 1974. They get a werewolf uh, in Romania, I think. I don't remember. Uh, not important. Um, they take the werewolf and his blood or maybe just the blood back to the States and a soldier's injected with the blood. He becomes a werewolf. He kills a bunch of people. They catch him and freeze
1: him. Sure.
0: And he's frozen for 20 years and then he gets out. Yeah. Because they decide, well, we have this metal skin we can graft onto the werewolf. I don't know why the story went this way. far as sort of screenwriting. It seemed like some unnecessary steps there. Hmm. Um, Barry Boswick was the best Person in the movie because he chewed the scenery like nobody's business. Yeah. Um, anyway, I could go on and on about it. It's a uh, it's a classic. It's no Lost Empire though. That's what I'm searching for.
1: Yeah. It's another Lost
0: Empire. Uh, in that quest, I watched something called Phoenix the Warrior about uh, a a lady named Phoenix who's a warrior in a post apocalyptic world. Uh, where all the men have been killed by a virus. Sure. And scantily clad Playboy models, less than Playboy models. Yeah. Frolic in a waterfall in the desert. Sure. And you fall asleep on the couch shortly after and wake up at the end.
1: Oh, okay. <laughs> Freeze frame, so, you know, roll credits. winner from 1988. <laughs>
0: oh, nice. And finally rounding it out, I think I don't think I missed anything uh Angrid goes west which came out last year or two years ago I think yep uh three years ago with uh Aubrey Plaza yeah, it was pretty good I enjoyed it
1: yeah that was about the girl that was the Instagram stalker
0: exactly yeah I, I believe you had mentioned it before on the show
1: yeah yeah I like that one it's been a while but
0: yeah it was pretty good. It kind of dark comedy, I guess. I don't know.
1: Yeah, you could say that.
0: Jokey drama?
1: Yeah. <laughs> yeah, with some jokey attempted murders?
0: <laughs> yeah.
1: Or, or something. I can't remember if it was...
0: Something, yeah. They try to... Well, they try to threaten someone, and they... Then they. Uh, I don't think they had planned to murder him. They don't kill him, but... Uh, yeah.
1: You know, you know who... There
0: you... was an attempted murder.
1: You know who's really bad at murders? Spouses. You ever watch Dateline or Primetime? Yeah. Spouses are terrible at murders. They just are.
0: I mean, they're going to expect you right off the bat.
1: Yeah. And then, you know, no matter what you think is is airtight and foolproof and whatever, you know, Mm. they always got you somewhere. Just don't do it. Well, If if it's that bad, walk away. yeah.
0: Yeah. Oh, exactly. I mean, I don't, I don't understand that at all. Uh, yeah. Uh, it's foolish to think that you, one person can go against the whole police force full of people trying to poke holes in your story. Sure. I mean, that's why you kill them in a small town.
1: Yeah. <laughs> where the where there's even fewer suspects to look at. Yeah, totally. Oh shit. Yeah.
0: I guess just don't kill someone, you know, but why do you want to kill
1: someone? You don't know. Yeah. You know, you don't murder hobos that you just come across on the train tracks. <laughs>
0: yeah.
1: You know, what's Well, that happened in a Stephen King story, but we won't get into that. Uh, uh, so Stephen King. yeah, Stephen <laughs> King, um, Jolien, what about you? What's, what's on the recently watched?
2: Uh, we were still watching a uh, psych, um, They've done some really good theme episodes. Uh, there was a werewolf one with uh, David Norton. David? From uh, American Werewolf in it.
1: Oh, okay. Yeah.
0: Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I
2: not know the name, but. Uh, the, the last one we watched, uh, it was like a haunted apartment one, and it had all these Rosemary's Baby and um, Shining and Poltergeist references, et uh, That was really funny. Uh, but there's this amazing one where they is called uh, dual spires and it's this isolated rural community and uh a lot of very familiar faces in the cast uh but uh yeah all, the, all these eccentric characters in this little town called uh, dual spires and uh they rework the theme tune it's, it's this kind of angelo badalamenti style theme tune and uh, nice uh, yeah sherilyn fenn plays the uh Sexy Librarian. Nice. Um, yeah, Ray Wise is in it. Yeah, there's, there's like four or five people from Twin Peaks are in it. But it's, it's really well done.
1: That's awesome. Very
2: funny. Uh, I've been watching uh, some of the uh, Scanners franchise. Have you seen more than one of those?
1: How many did no. they make? Did they make more than two or three?
2: Oh, they're five.
1: Oh, geez. Well, who do they think they are? Hellraiser? Hellraiser.
2: <laughs> Uh, so there's one in 1990 called Scanners 2, The New Order. Um, and it, uh, I like the, uh, the the heroes, quite interesting. And a the, the couple of the villains have got great faces. Um, it's, uh, yeah, and it's got some uh, variations and exploding heads in it. Um, <laughs> it's, uh, yeah, that was, that was pretty well done. Um, Scanners 3 I wouldn't bother with uh it's got more uh, comedy in it it's a bit more crispy
0: hmm.
2: um so uh yeah i, I don't know if i'm going to continue watching this series uh, i didn't even know there was a series yeah i think the next one is scanner
1: cop, scanner cop. I the name of the
0: <laughs> last one Police Scanner? They couldn't call it Police
1: Scanner? Yeah. It's right there. It's just sitting there. <laughs> <laughs> that's
0: money <laughs> on the table.
2: Uh, My favorite thing about Scanners 3, though, was uh, you know, a Cronenberg-related uh, film, and you've got a Santa in it. You know Santa's going to come to a bad end, and he does.
1: Oh, sure. Oh, yeah. That's a given.
2: Um, and then on your recommendation, I watched the Cursed Films how'd, series that's on Shudder.
1: Yeah, how'd you like it?
2: Have you seen worse? Uh, I haven't seen it yet. I forgot about it. So the first one is the exorcist. I thought that was the weakest one. Yeah. Uh, so, uh, yeah, it brings up some various things that I've you know, just disagreed with. Uh, there's really very little about the curse in it. They mentioned a couple of bad things that happened, you know, related to cast members or cast members, family. Right. Um, and it spends a lot of time with this guy who calls himself an exorcist. Um, and that's pretty sad because, uh, you know, there's always poor people who like superstitious and think they're possessed. And he comes along and and then charges them $500 for, uh, you know, using some semi-biblical passages on them. Um, but uh, yeah, after that, uh, the second one was the, the omen which has that great basketball scene. Have you watched that one?
1: Um, yeah. It's been years since I've seen the omen. What was the basketball scene?
2: It's not, not the movie, but in the episode about the omen. Oh, it's got a
1: basketball scene. Well, about the gorilla. Uh, that,
2: yeah. That was amazing. Yeah. Um, uh, yeah. I like, I like that one a lot better. Um, I like the idea of uh, when people are talking about curses, you have the image of um, Satan, Satan, reading the uh, film magazines and seeing what's coming out and (laughs) (laughs) deciding what to put a curse on. Uh, So the third one is Poltergeist. um, And uh, and then one after that is The Crow. And one after the uh, fifth one is The Twilight Zone. So, uh, yeah, overall, it's um, a good series. And uh, overall, I felt quite sad after watching it. I had to go walk the dog. Yeah. Uh, I just, I just watched all in a row. Cause they're only like they're just under half an hour each. Um, yeah. Yeah. But uh, yeah, it's good.
1: Yeah. The twilight zone one is rough. Cause you, I've never seen that footage before where you actually see yeah. the helicopter go over and mm-hmm. you know, that's the moment of somebody's death. And even though right. you don't see them, you know, it happened and that's pretty rough. And of course the Crow, I mean, the fact that Brandon Lee got cut down so young like that is, is just really tragic and it didn't need to happen. It wasn't like he was choosing to do his own stunts and jumped off a building like an idiot and fell to his death. It wasn't like that. I mean, he was being highly professional and somebody who was the, um, the, what do they call him? The arms wrangler or whatever, the armory. Prop master. Yeah. They have some other name like artillery master or something like that. When they handle the guns, like specifically. (laughs) Uh, And, uh, they didn't do their job correctly. I mean, this one person should have checked this one gun and it still had a slug in the snout and you know, the, the blank blasted it out and it's essentially a real bullet at that point. Yeah. No difference. So that sucks. Uh, I don't think that's a spoiler for anybody, but yeah, it was rough to watch.
2: Um, but your buddy Sean Clark is in the, uh, Poltergeist episode. He's, uh, yeah. he's showing his props off. He's got all these original like, props that were used, actually used in the movies. They're not replicas or anything. Right. He's got the, uh, the puppet from Poltergeist and a whole bunch of Jason masks and things like that.
1: Oh yeah. He owns yeah. everything. Yeah. And it, it, it helps when you're making good money because uh, I I personally know from, not from him directly, but from people who, who know that when he was representing, because he has a company called uh, Convention All-Stars, and he books the celebrity appearances of a lot of celebrities. And um, Sean was handling Norman Reedus and man, there was a lot of money coming in for those autographs a lot. So whatever percentage he got of a shit ton was was enough to go buy the the clown from the Poltergeist movie. Mm-hmm. And he said that's the one thing in his collection that makes people most uneasy. Yes. I wonder why.
0: Not the actual skeletons
1: they no, used. no no real <laughs> yeah real human skeletons no problem that clown forget it yeah uh, so what else julian
2: uh that was as far as watches go i, I finished up a couple of um uh projects for my mermaid friend and uh and i the uh, projects i did with uh, dana gould uh by the time this show comes out actually his new episode should be out and he's going to announce that there. Oh, cool. Um, Yeah. But it's going to raise money for uh, like feeding people in LA. Um, Yeah. So that's finally come out.
1: That's awesome.
2: Excellent. Yeah. I did that poster like weeks ago. I think first week of lockdown. Yeah. Finally coming
0: out.
1: Yeah. That's the, uh, the Dr. Zayas wash your hands poster. Yes. (laughs) No doubt.
0: Uh, not a movie I watched, but a uh, a book I read or am reading right now called The Big Goodbye um, by Sam something Wasserman or something. I don't know the name uh, off the top of my head, but it's about the making of Chinatown. Oh, oh wow. And uh, kind of Polanski, Robert Town, Jack Nicholson and Robert Evans story. And in the end of Hollywood, before the big blockbusters, uh, so far it's excellent. Um, highly recommend it. I mean, unless the ending turns out to be—I don't know—it was all space aliens or something stupid.
1: <laughs> <laughs> it was all a dream. That's a
0: dig at Stephen King.
1: <laughs> yes, yes. It was a wasps. It was a cave. It was spider.
0: wasp. It was killer wasp.
1: Do you guys know anything about the murder hornets?
0: Yes, that's what I was going to say. There are no new ideas, are there? I mean, how derivative? Murder wasp? It's just a ripoff of killer bees.
1: It is. I mean, what is this, 1977? What
0: is this? Exactly. I I hear murder wasps kill 50 people a year. I'm pretty sure when they were touting killer bees, they were killing, I don't know, several hundred thousand a year.
1: Yeah. I don't know. I think um, Murder Hornets sounds like a rockabilly band. It is. You know, stand-up bass that's painted with stripes on it. I mean, mm-hmm. you know. Ooh, work- I works. like. <laughs> so, um, okay, before I do my um, recently watched, I have to mention that we've got listeners all over the world. Um, we've got uh, people in uh Mexico. United Kingdom, Canada, uh Ireland and specifically here in the US I want to I want to shout out to um uh we've got listeners in Raleigh North Carolina, Scottsdale Arizona, Whitney Texas, Rio Vista Texas and of course Denver where we are. Um our Brazil listens are a little lacking this time around but uh
0: Um, Brazil,
1: you know, it's, it's probably the off season there. So, uh, I watched part of a couple things that I'll just mention, um, that I just had to test and see how the picture was coming across a different device. I watched about 20 minutes of to hell and back the, the Kane Hodder story, I think is the little tag on that.
0: Oh, he played the metal beast. (laughs) Did he? Yes.
1: That's cool. <laughs> um, yeah, so there's a documentary about him on Shudder. Um, and then there was something, I think it was on Amazon, called Amazon Prime, Prime Video, whatever you want to call it. High Moon. It's a Western with werewolves. Ooh. So I'm going to watch the rest of it. Um, I kind of didn't want to go too far down or any kiss rabbit holes. So uh, I tried to, like, resist the temptation to watch a ton of unauthorized documentaries but I did watch a few uh interviews with Ken Kelly who was the guy who did the Love Gun and Destroyer album covers
2: Oh yeah
1: and he's a he's a pretty cool like old school illustrator kind of guy and he was doing a lot of horror magazine covers and apparently um the people at uh Allcoin management sent somebody down to the nearby uh, newsstands and bodegas in New York and just said go get a bunch of stuff that you think the artists on the covers are the kind of illustrators that we could have do this next album cover. And uh, so of course uh, he runs down there and, and picks like a dozen different magazines and Gene Simmons apparently walked over and put his finger right on this one magazine and said, I want this guy. And uh, Ken Kelly said that moment changed his life. He wasn't even there, didn't even know about it, but that moment was like, he went from struggling artist to making pretty good money. Um, so he did uh, the Destroyer album cover and then like a year, year and a half later, Love Gun. And uh, he, he said that a lot of the times he just had to do like the poses, look in the mirror, do some sketching. And uh, he figured it all out and, you know, a few revisions and they had uh, successful album covers. And he said Destroyer is still his best seller when he does conventions and sells prints of his work. Uh, But he's a really cool interview. So I watched a few interviews with him that were usually 10 to 20 minutes. Um, Actual viewing. uh, We watched um, Waco, the miniseries on Netflix. Um, Very interesting. Uh, If you're not familiar with the story of what happened at the Branch Davidian compound in Waco, Texas, um, things did not end well. And, There were people in certain departments of the government that they just weren't, I don't know, they weren't being reasonable. They weren't being right-headed about certain things. And uh, they made some really tragic mistakes that resulted in the deaths of a lot of people. Um, One of the guys in the FBI and one of the survivors from the Branch Davidians um, both wrote things about, you know, books about the events of those 50 153, however many, 50-something days that the standoff lasted. So these are, these are firsthand accounts that are um, put together to make the, uh, the story about what happened at Waco. So I, I recommend that one. That's, that's really good. Um, I watched a, a uh, documentary from 2006. So it's, you know, it, it's aged a bit. But it's called American Scary. And this one was on prime also, I believe. Yeah, it was on prime. Uh, this is about the horror hosts. Um, and not just kind of hitting the high spots, but a lot of the lesser known ones who are maybe, maybe lesser quality. (laughs) One might, one might have an an opinion of that. I mean, some of it, honestly, some of it has gone to, uh, and, and maybe that's not fair of me to say that, but some of this has gone to like public access cable. And, uh, Sometimes it's really fun to watch and sometimes it's so cornball, it's hard to watch. Um, yeah. So you do meet a bunch of different people, some of whom might be like that and some who are better than that, but you do get interviews with uh, uh, Elvira, AKA uh, Cassandra Peterson and Mila Nurmi, who played uh, Vampira, and um, uh, Zachary and some other people like that. Chili, uh, Chili Billy Cardill. Uh, who we know from night of living dead uh so it's a it's a good one if you like horror hosts and i at one point i went hey wait a second what do i hear in the background it was the Moonrays. they use the Moonrays music as the background so that's pretty cool um yeah and then of course i watched uh phantom of the paradise for t- today's episode tonight's episode um That's it for my recently watched. Um, Anything else you guys want to talk about before we launch into talking about uh, this 1974 classic? I don't think so. Cool. So, Will, you chose this. Um, You've got Shudder for Amazon. Uh Uh-huh. Which is a little different than Shudder. There's two different ways you can subscribe to Shudder. And the other, yeah. the other way will go to your your phone, your iPad, your computer screen, but not your television. Like, I haven't found a way to sign in on the television, so I did another 30-day free trial for the Amazon add-on. Ah. Uh, so that's how I was able to watch it. This wasn't available on the other version of Shudder.
0: Oh, that's...
1: That's no big deal.
0: That's terrible. I thought they were the same... Um, I know it's disappointing to go through Amazon Prime because um, they don't they don't have a great way to search through things. Uh, They have about four categories, five categories you can search through. Otherwise, you have to search for for the title, or you kind of have to know what movie you're looking for.
1: Yeah, you can put in Uh, a a
0: genre. uh,
2: Sometimes, like, if you put in Giallo, you pull up a lot of titles.
0: Oh, okay, yeah. Uh, I I figured that with... Uh, I was punching in something. I punched in Giallo a long time ago and didn't come up with much, but... Yeah, it, it keeps uh, changing. Yeah, they added a bunch of new stuff recently, or at least seemed to be uh, some kind of uh, more obscure stuff. Uh, so, anyway...
1: So um, before we actually talk about Phantom of the Paradise, I have to tell you guys, um, I did buy the ingredients and I did mix up my version of a Black Ace Freely. And (laughs) (laughs) was it good? No, (laughs) Mm -hmm. I won't say it was bad. I will say it was maybe weird, but I did make an alteration to it. I tried a second one. I was like, I got to adjust this a little bit. So my um, my original recipe was one part black rum one part creme de cocoa, and two parts chocolate stout, as in beer. Um, I was thinking about it. It's like, what this is missing is what yours, yours had a uh, couple dashes of orange bitters in it. So I thought, I have an orange in the fridge. I put an orange zest in it. And instead of regular, like, black rum, I used spiced rum, and it was better. Still weird, not good. And, uh, <laughs> and uh, your recipe sounded better.
2: Yeah, you should try it. It's good.
1: I'm going to. I still have it written down. Uh, I just need to get Kahlua. That's kind of my my missing ingredient on that one.
2: I've got the recipe up on uh, Facebook. Yeah. Uh, And I've got a whole bunch of uh, pictures from the movie, including the the cover of the comic book. Oh, cool. And uh, a friend in uh, Japan posted his copy of the comic, and he's managed to get all the members of KISS to sign it. And Stanley,
1: awesome! Yeah,
2: <laughs> that is, is Prize possession.
1: That's that's a holy grail for a Kiss fan right there. And of course, if you're into Marvel comics, of course. Hmm. So, um, so Will, you chose Phantom of the Paradise, 1974 movie. Yes. Um Did you had you already seen it, or did you know? It? I had not. Now that now that uh. you have, uh, what do you think of it?
0: This should have been what the, the Kiss movie was. Or rather, the Kiss movie should have been what this was.
1: <laughs> yeah.
0: You know, uh, I, I enjoyed it. It was uh, a lot more comic than I had imagined.
1: Yeah. I
0: remember seeing the, uh, the picture of the Phantom, of Winslow, uh, probably in Fangoria, maybe in some book but it wasn't a movie I could rent as a kid. Although I liked Brian De Palma's work. Right. Um, And uh, it was always one of those that I wanted to see. And then maybe a month ago I saw it was on shutter. And uh, so I was like, Oh, Hey, I'll keep that in mind. And then going through looking for something. uh, Yeah. I saw it again. I was like, well, why not? You know, better now than, but never.
1: (laughs) Yeah so did this remind you of any other movies from around that time?
0: Uh, it's a bit Rocky horror.
1: That's funny. Um, I was thinking the same thing.
0: Ah, uh, um, not sure what else, but it definitely had a kind of early seventies feel.
1: Yeah it looked like it had a really high budget for the sets and costumes. I mean, I didn't, I I didn't look up. um, Let me see if I have it still pulled up here. Um, Well, the budget in 1973 or four, whenever they actually filmed it was 1.3 million, which was a lot of money in early seventies bucks. Mm -hmm. So that would, you know, that would buy you a lot of uh, cool props and costumes, I guess. I don't know how much of that would have gone to Paul Williams because he was uh, probably fairly in demand at the time as a songwriter.
2: So uh, I sent you some of his songs. On uh,
1: yes, uh,
2: he he wrote uh, at least lyrics for an old-fashioned love song. Yeah, uh, mm-hmm. uh, fill your heart, which uh, Tiny Tim and David Bowie covered. Um, <laughs> yeah. He wrote a few Carpenter's songs. Uh We've Only Just Begun Rainy Days and Mondays, Rainbow Connection. Yeah. Uh he wrote the lyrics for Evergreen, Barbara Streisand song. And he wrote the uh the Love Boat song.
1: Yeah, this wow. guy this guy could do no wrong. I mean, between him and Barry Manilow, they could write anything. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, the um I was going to say, as as uh, film stuff goes, let's see. He was um, not in any films before this that are listed anyway. Uh, he probably did some appearances on television. But uh, after this, two years later, he did Bugsy Malone. And then uh, uh, in 77, he did Emmett Otter's Jug Band Christmas, whatever that was. And then in 78, he did The End. And... Um, he did, he did the, I don't know that he made appearances in these. I know he wrote music. So I assume he that. He
2: uh, Battle for the Planet of the Apes.
1: Oh, was he, was he the, uh, the, the small he, chimp?
2: He plays uh, Virgil.
1: That, that's the, the child chimp, right?
2: Uh, yeah.
1: Huh. That's weird. Why is that not listed here?
2: I can't remember it exactly. Uh,
1: you know what? I think I read the wrong part of this. Uh, yes, he was Virgil. Okay. I here, see, I was on the wrong part of this page. Um, he was in stuff before Phantom of the Paradise and that was one of them. He was also in watermelon man, the chase and the loved one. So his career does go back to 1965 for movies. And then yeah, he did uh he did do some appearances in some of the stuff he wrote music for, which the Muppet movie he played the El Slizo pianist. So that's cool. Yeah, he made a lot of appearances.
0: Yeah, that's what I remember him from this the the Muppet movie.
1: Yeah. <laughs> yeah, he was on TV a lot back in the day.
0: Oh yeah, that too. Yeah,
1: he you you could barely turn on a variety show without seeing Paul Williams show up. <laughs> And he is the size of a kid. So he's always like the person your eye goes to on the screen. It's like everybody else is a solid, like two feet taller than him. It's yeah.
2: As long as they don't have the camera too high.
1: Right. (laughs) So yeah, it's like you, you do notice him when you see him on screen. Um, but yeah, the dude could write like still can, I guess. Um, he came up with the ASCAP thing. So artists would get paid when their music gets played in like restaurants or bars or sporting stadiums or whatever. Um, Oh, really? Yeah. Yeah. He's the guy that came up with ASCAP. So, um, yeah. Anyway, um, so it did feel like a Rocky Horror kind of a vibe. And uh, the weirdest thing I have to tell you guys is this, um, this actually was a memory. And I don't know if I saw the trailer for this or if it was mentioned in some sort of like Little documentary thing about, you know, rock opera kind of stuff. But I remember seeing some stuff about Bowie, some stuff about Alice Cooper, and something where a dude took a neon lightning bolt and sent it down at a stage. And the person at the stage had been, uh, they also showed the footage of the guy throwing the dummies up in the air out of the audience, you know. Mm-hmm. And uh, I remembered that as a kid. And for some reason, I conflated that with like Alice Cooper or David Bowie and just tried to remember which one it was. And I think it was just like they were showing here's some zany stage antics that, you know, musicians get up to. Yeah. But that was so weird. when It
0: reminded me of Alice Cooper.
1: Yeah. (laughs) So it was weird to see that and go, I remember that. Um, but uh, yeah, it did feel a lot like Rocky Horror. Uh, Jolien, when's the first? You, I know you have this on DVD. When's the first time you saw this?
2: Yeah, um, yeah. Rocky Horror was the year after.
1: Oh, that makes sense.
0: Uh, I don't know how long the stage show had been going at this point. I think it was '74 when it started. I don't think okay. it had been going but a year or so. So, so yeah, I think it must be my third time around for this movie.
2: Yeah. <laughs> nice. Uh, we, we we're watching it and about 20 minutes in, Emily said, is this supposed to be funny? Uh, which wasn't a good sign. But then <laughs> when they started doing the uh, stage shows, uh, uh, she really liked that. And uh, she wanted to see that show. She, she'd go and see that show. Yeah. Uh, you know, <laughs> she's, a, she's a hardcore Bowie fan and everything. Yeah. Um, yeah. But then... Immediately after that bit, it goes to uh, Phoenix doing her song. And she's like, uh, I'd have been so gutted if I'd gone to see the uh, the Juicy Fruits doing their horror stage show, and then, then this stuff comes on.
1: <laughs>
0: yeah.
1: <sighs> I'm not sure what they were trying to do here, but it really wasn't funny enough to be comedy, and there was not enough horror to be considered horror. I mean, there were a few, mm-hmm. like... A few maimings and some killing, but, uh, yeah, it wasn't, it wasn't clear to me at first. Like, are they trying to be something akin to like a Rocky horror or like a, you know, big production, like a Bowie show or something. And you come out of the gate with a Rod Serling voiceover intro. Mm -hmm. It's like you get the 20th century Fox logo and the music, and then the next thing is Rod Serling, and it's like, whoa, where are we going? Yeah, and uh, the paradise is supposed to be, as they say, the ultimate rock palace. And
2: right, there's not not much rock in it.
1: No, there's not until you get beef later on, and mm-hmm. uh, he he kind of belts out some tunes, which apparently was somebody else's voice. But
2: uh, uh, yeah, that was uh, Paul Williams again.
1: Uh, writing that.
2: Oh no, no! It's um, singing that uh, Ray, Kennedy. Ray Kennedy. Oh yeah, he was singing for a beef. Yeah, uh, beef is played by Garrett Graham. Yeah, uh, previously seen as the man in the ape suit in Beware the Blob.
1: Yeah. Oh. <laughs> oh, you gotta love that. Um, is, what what is the deal with uh, this character? Is he he's supposed to be a bit of a Prima Donna, uh, they make him very effeminate. Yeah. Is this movie a yeah. li- uh, is it a little on the homophobic side? Aside, <laughs> well, aside from the obvious, where, uh, what is Paul Williams' character says something, uh, get this fag out of here or something like that?
2: Yeah, that's his, yeah, that's uh, his entry like line. That.
1: Yeah. Um,
2: um that, that's regarding, uh, the, uh, phantom character yeah Wenslow
1: yeah yeah so that's um Uh, that's one little clue but I think in 1974 that probably wasn't the most startling thing you would see on film
0: oh yeah I was gonna say it was probably no more homophobic than anything in 1974 um if anything it may have been a little more accepting
1: (laughs) yeah it does showcase a lot of uh what we could say is alternative lifestyles for the time. Um, yeah. And,
2: and you had like Bowie
0: and, uh, the New York dolls and things like that. That's so. kind of what I took it as, as playing yeah. off, you know, Bowie and yeah, the New York dolls and whatnot.
1: Yeah. The whole glam. The scene. start
0: of glam.
1: Yeah. Yeah. This was definitely when glam would have been, uh, on the minds of a lot of people. Um, the singer sounded a lot like triumph, the insult, uh, Comic dog, on that uh, when they sh- showed the juicy fruits doing their uh, their nostalgia bit. Yes. Did you Did you, go, did you pick up on that? I didn't now?
0: pick that up, but I see it now.
1: Yeah, he started singing like this, and he's other just like he's, <laughs> Triumph, the insult Comic Dog. <laughs> I was listening for a minute, going, "Who is he reminding me?" Oh yeah, Triumph. He sounds like Triumph. Yeah. He sounds like Triumph. Not not the Canadian um Poor Man's Rush, but uh Triumph the In- Do you, you you looked at me like you don't know who that is, Will. Do you know who Triumph there's is?
0: There's a there's a Poor Man's Canadian Rush that's not Rush.
1: Yeah. both bands are Canadian. But uh Yeah. Yeah, there was a, a a band called Triumph that Oh man, I might be hurting someone's feelings when I say that, but they they were very capable musicians. I'm not saying anything bad about them, except for they really remind you of Rush when you hear them, but they aren't Rush.
0: Mm, that's terrible.
1: <laughs> Just thought I'd throw that out there. No
0: one wants to be reminded of Rush.
1: <laughs> um, Jessica Harper shows up in this thing. You're, you're happy to see yeah. her. And
2: introducing
0: Jessica Harper. Introducing her, yeah. yeah.
1: It's like... What else did she have in store for her that was really highly saturated color and a lot of crazy sets? Suspiria! <laughs> yeah.
0: Yeah.
2: She's in both Suspir- Suspirias. Yeah. That's
1: right. She's also oh,
2: that's right. T- she's also in the sequel to Rocky Horror. Oh, oh
1: shock yeah. therapy? Shock treatment.
2: Is it- shock treatment. Yeah. treatment. Yeah. She's, uh, she plays the new Janet. Oh,
1: man. <laughs> Yeah, they tried to get it right the second time, huh? Oh, God. I
2: also noticed in the in the credits, uh, did you see the credit for who the set dresser was? No. Uh, Sissy Spacek.
1: Was it? Oh, yeah. That's crazy.
2: Yeah. And then so I... Her boyfriend at the time is Jack Fisk, who is the uh, production designer on this.
1: Oh.
2: So, so this is short before she was Carrie and uh, shortly before he was working on Eraserhead.
1: That is so easy. Yeah.
2: She said she ruined a whole day of shooting.
1: <laughs> well, that's too bad. Was
2: that when a, a bucket of red paint dropped on her head? And...
1: <laughs> yeah. And then she started destroying the set ruined with her mind. Whole set down. Yeah.
2: Yeah. It was it was an awful day.
1: Um. So do do we really care about the motivations of the villain in this one? I mean, is it really important to the story or could it pretty much do everything it does without any motivations?
2: Well, this is another phantom uh, episode, isn't it?
1: (laughs) Yeah. Um, We've seen all of this before.
2: Yeah. Uh, So uh, yeah, he's wronged again and then he gets his, his head caught in a, in a vice. Um, Yeah. Kind of gets A
0: record press.
2: Yeah, he, he's in tons of uh, department films, uh, William Finley.
0: Yeah,
1: yeah, he liked working with him, didn't he?
2: Yeah, I think he was with him all the way up to Black Dahlia.
1: That's so crazy. Oh, yeah, he's in that.
0: Yeah, he's a detective or something, isn't he? I think he's actually the villain. Is he? Yeah, I believe he was the killer at the end. Well, Ooh. one of the killers.
1: So you, so you've got, um, Phantom of the Opera, Faust, and, um, uh, the portrait we'll of Dorian. Try it, Dorian
0: Gray. Yeah. So you, Dorian Gray. Yeah.
1: So you got a little
0: th- bit of Frankenstein.
1: Sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So it's, it's not, um, again, it's not like you're wondering what the characters might do. You know, you pretty much already know what they're going to do and how it's going to turn out. So there aren't any surprises. So you're pretty much just going on the ride. Is kind of how it felt to me. I mean, did you guys? Yeah, it's
2: just saying all, all, all these things are like the music industry is like you're signing over your soul. You're ready to, you know, uh, be completely transformed and give up everything for fame in in the music industry.
1: Yeah, and um, one of the funny th- things about that was they wanted to use the name Swan Song. Yes, and it's like did nobody open their eyes and, and look and go, Hey, Zeppelin's already got that. Cause that was it's the same year. Oh, did they, what well, did it just sort of coincide?
2: Yeah. I th- yeah. It's so, like uh, the, the Led Zeppelin Swan song was like late 74, I think Septemberish.
1: Yeah.
0: Um, yeah. So it, it was, it was very close. Yeah. Also there had been a, uh, Swan records before. So. Yeah.
1: Oh, okay.
0: Yeah. Uh, at least what a little bit I read about that uh De Palma may have been aware of them. I guess they put out a couple early Beatles singles here in the States. I want a Death Records t-shirt,
1: though. <laughs> yeah, with, with the dead <laughs> bird.
0: Almost nobody would know what the hell you were referring to. Yeah. <laughs> but it'd be really neat when people didn't know what you were referring to. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, that so be- I like the, uh, the, you know, the uh, kind of zippetone effect they did. The little right, yeah,
1: yeah.
2: There's a lot of bird imagery in this film. I was, I was wondering what they they were doing with that.
0: Yeah, there's a bird names. He's got an owl-like mask.
2: Yeah, she she wears like a feather jacket. Yeah, and scene. Yeah, and there's all the you know the swan and the the dead, starling,
0: whatever it is. Logo,
1: yeah, yeah, that, yeah that's kind of weird. The
0: canary, the crow dancers at the end, right? The yeah, blackbirds or whatever they're supposed to be.
1: So, what were they telling? Uh,
0: yeah, so maybe that's uh maybe that's a, a Hitchcock reference. Being De Palma, maybe he's referring to uh, both the birds and uh, Psycho.
1: Hey, that's possible because <laughs> they did do the shower scene thing. That's right.
0: Oh yeah, yeah, that's true. Yep, you
1: know the knife through the shower curtain. Yeah, yeah. This was released on um, October 31st, Halloween, uh, in 1974. So yeah, Joey, and you're saying that uh, Led Zeppelin came out with their swan song um, record yeah, that's, company. That's
2: right around that time, shortly yeah. before, I think.
1: Yeah, so that that yeah. is that is something they maybe didn't know about and weren't prepared for. But um, what I read was that that you can find a, a few glimpses of, of the original swan song before. Oh, the, Oh, definitely. Chi- yeah. Like, it's, yeah, I didn't catch it.
2: Yeah. The, the only obvious change uh, I noticed this time was when he's uh, he's, he gets off his private plane and he's got a lectern and they've uh, superimposed the death records logo over the front of his lectern. And it's kind of wobbly. It's pretty nervous. Yeah.
1: So they just matted it in. So um, yeah, okay. Yeah, I believe so. So uh, what were they trying to say with the um, the juicy fruits band? That basically people will just kind of sell out. They'll just change their style to to stay successful.
2: Yeah. Cause they're, they're like, uh, at the time, like the early seventies, you had this kind of fifties rock and roll revival thing going on. Yeah. Um, and they were, they, they start off doing that, but it's kind of a macabre variation on it. Yeah. Yeah.
1: And then they turned into like a surf rock band. Yeah. Then
2: they turned into a glam band. So, uh, yeah. I uh, in, in the UK we had, we had a few, uh, like uh, rock and roll do what bands, like uh, a and stuff. And they would you know, so they do all the fifties stuff, but they definitely had a bit of glam going on as well.
1: Hmm. Yeah. There's, there's been a lot of things that have, uh, that have sort of uh, evolved out of other things, but this, this one, it seemed like, yeah, they were just kind of selling out to the next trend, uh, you know, from doo-wop to surf music, to glam rock, sort of almost a goth version of glam rock. And uh, man, for this to have just been maybe five years later and to have used the cramps, how would that have been? (laughs) You know, or to in its own time to have used the New York Dolls or T-Rex or whomever. I mean, there's so many like possibilities for casting on that that could have made it maybe even better. Uh, I don't know how Paul Williams would have wanted other people doing their own music, though. He may not have been a, a... Open to that idea, but that. Could... I
0: read that uh, the Palma wanted uh, either the Stones or the Who, or at least members of the band to be in it, but couldn't afford them. So, yeah, I guess he was open to others. When did uh, Tommy come out? That was.
1: Uh, oh. um... Yeah, I can look that up if you'd like. All right, uh, Tommy. It's
0: a. Uh... The who it's kind of funny the uh, that i watched rocket man at the start of the week and then i ended up watching this at the end of the week <laughs> and they kind of cross over with uh with the time period and winslow in a way reminded me of elton john right so yeah
1: um tommy came out in march of 1975 so only months later okay so probably not um, necessarily uh, borrowing anything from this movie, but, uh, but maybe this was just kind of in the zeitgeist of what, you know, things looked and felt like at the time more so. Um, yeah. I, I I pulled up since I got the computer happening here. Um, I wanted to look at what else was De Palma doing around this time. And uh, yeah, it was like, he directed Carrie just two years later, so that yeah, yeah, that's cool. Obsession, Carrie, The Fury, Home Movies, Dress to Kill, Blowout, Scarface, Body Double, Wise Guys, The Untouchables, so on and so forth. It, there's a lot. Um, yeah, he he just got uh, a really solid career. Um, yeah. I'm not sure how well the stuff before this did. I don't, I'm not familiar with, uh, get to know your rabbit or hi mom. Yeah.
2: Yeah, Those are, He did a bunch of shorts and, um, uh, and then I think his debut feature film was sisters.
1: Okay. That was in 72.
2: 72. Yeah. So this is only his like second and second or third feature
1: film. Oh, that's weird. The description says the plot focuses on a French Canadian model whose separated conjoined twin is suspected of a brutal murder witnessed by a newspaper, dot, dot, dot. Have you seen Sisters? No.
0: No. Oh, wow. Uh, Margot Kidder. Really? Oh, nice. Yeah. Definitely check it out. Oh, it's lame.
1: That's great. I would watch the hell out of that.
2: Yeah, that's a good one.
1: Get to Know Your Rabbit. Uh, That's a comedy film. Okay, enough already, but it's got John Aston and Orson Welles in it, so how bad could it be? <laughs>
0: uh...
1: <laughs> Don't answer that <laughs> <laughs> let's not even speculate um so what did you guys like best about this movie
2: uh the the crazier it gets, the better I like it like the the ending is just uh rather yeah uh, crazy filmmaking.
1: It does, it does really Yeah, escalate. they just
0: start cramming in more stories and... Yeah. They, yeah. I like the, uh, the costume, the Phantom Wears.
1: Oh, yeah. Yeah, like, that would, that would be such a, such a deep cut if you were to show up at a Halloween party with that as your costume, or, or to go to a convention with that as your cosplay. I yeah, yeah the one person again, like the death records t-shirt, there would be the one person who would get it and you'd probably never get rid of them. Right. <laughs> probably not. <laughs>
2: gonna... you, you could, you'd go as a, a couple and, uh, or someone could dress as the, uh, the owl killer from stage fright. Uh,
1: yeah. Oh yeah. That'd be yeah. a good double bill. That would be. Oh man. Uh, yeah. I think the, the costuming and, and the sets Wouldn't wouldn't make the movie without the crazy, like you said. It does. It escalates to a lot of just crazy stuff going on. And uh, I love
0: the death records uh, building that's all built to Paula Williams scale. (laughs) (laughs)
1: Uh, Yeah, you you kind of wonder if they just uh, went into some place that was meant for children and just you know kind of painted over everything.
2: That, that old, uh, that analog, uh, studio system, uh, the phantoms in that's an actual thing. That's, uh, yeah. that's a uh, recording system called Tonto.
1: Really? Yeah. Where, where's that from? Or where's it, where's it located?
0: I can't remember. Um,
1: yeah. That's interesting.
0: Yeah. I looked at it and I don't remember offhand.
1: Oh, here we go. I found uh, it. Um, the, okay. Let's see. Um, it's in the real life recording studio, the record plant, the walls covered with knobs are in reality, an oversized custom built electronic synthesizer, dubbed Tonto, which still exists. Um, let's see, where is the record? Now in
0: Calgary, Alberta, Canada,
1: (laughs) the record plant is recording studio first established in New York city and later operating in Los Angeles. Uh, so I'm not sure what time, you know, when that changed locations, but um, yeah,
0: it's now an exhibit, a permanent exhibit at the National Music Center in Calgary. Oh, okay. here. Well, so, then... yeah, I guess the music plant was in New York.
1: Okay. Yeah, and the uh, the Paradise concert scenes were filmed at the Majestic Theater in Dallas, Texas. So uh, the extras were, um, uh, the extras in the audience had responded to what they call a cattle call you know, where they call for extras. Yeah. And, uh, I imagine they were wondering what the hell, especially like <laughs> Dallas might not have been quite with the times like New York or LA. So they might've been like, what are we seeing here? But then
2: what they, is this? If if you look, uh, especially when he's auditioning all those women, there's a couple of familiar faces in there from, uh, seventies exploitation. Oh Yeah. Uh, yeah, Jennifer Ashley's in it. Uh Rainbow Smith is in it.
1: Oh interesting. Yeah. Yeah, this is uh <laughs> Oh, this is just really something else. Uh
2: yeah, Rain- Rainbow Smith was in Evil Knievel. Oh, really? Yeah. Uh and uh the incredible melting man. And uh Jennifer Ashley was in uh Tintorera, which is one of the Italian Jaws ripoffs. Oh yeah. And, uh, okay. She was in uh, and the Naked Dead*, and a few other things. Yeah, so if you recognise a face in that that audition scene, then you've probably watched a lot of seventies horror movies.
1: Oh yeah, ah. yeah.
2: But I, I like. I also like the idea of uh, when you're watching this and you're seeing all the use of black and then bright colours, and you've got Jessica Harper in it, and you you just like you can just feel Argento watching this movie going, huh? Yeah. If I cranked up the crazy, I could do something amazing.
1: Oh, it, it, this really just made me want to watch Suspiria. Yeah.
0: Yeah.
1: (laughs) I mean, I've got that, that, uh, that restoration, that 4k restoration. Oh uh, yeah. uh, Oh, it's so crazy. Um, the blu-ray of that is just gorgeous. I just, maybe, maybe I'll watch that tonight. Um, Mm
0: you'll have to screen that at some point on the big screen outside if yeah you, if we can ever travel to anyone else's place ever again
1: it's weird uh, it's so weird to think of like oh yeah summertime's almost here never mind you can't have a barbecue you can't have friends over you, uh, yeah there's a there's a lot of you can'ts going on and then you know of course a bunch of people are like to hell with everything <laughs> i'm going out going to the beach gonna go protest or whatever it's like no Let's it's my freedom to get sick
0: yep spread it to others
2: i heard one of the nicknames for them was uh the branch covidians
1: <laughs> the branch covidians that's great <laughs> that's, a, that's a that's a good name it's a bunch of people who want to get sick and want to make you sick too whether you like it or not
2: yeah
1: so yeah um was this a satisfying ending for you both? Did you, did you, did you like the, the big reveal of, uh, of course I did say we would spoil this. Um, the big reveal that, uh, Swan is, is, um, has made a deal with the devil and, uh, he's been able to stay young for a, a couple decades at this point or whatever, a few, a few decades. Yeah. And of course, uh, he dies uh, exposing um, the phantom as being deformed by the record press. Uh, And uh, of course, Phoenix gets to uh, let's see, Swan attempts to strangle Phoenix and the phantom intervenes and stabs him. So um, she gets to see him as a good guy at the end and Swan as the villain. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Was all of this satisfying? Were you, were you okay with how they wrapped it up or did you just, yeah, yeah, yeah. Did you not see any other way? It could have gone. I, I mean, I didn't, I was like this, <laughs> it's like, this is, it ties it all up neatly. You know, it's, it's like, it a, does. it's like a pardon my murder, you know, they, they they, they, <laughs> they, they, tidy it all up at the end. It's more like a police procedural, I should say, you know, not necessarily a pardon my murder. Yeah, but it did feel like yeah they tied it all up, and the bad guy got his comeuppance. So, I don't know what all those. I uh, mean, does everyone who works at the Paradise uh, are they out of a job?
0: Yeah, somebody else will buy the club. I'm sure.
1: Yeah, they'll they'll turn it into some franchise thing.
0: It and turned into Studio Fifty Four.
1: <laughs> that would fit the times. For sure. Um, yeah, I, I I would say that uh, it felt very much like Rocky Horror with little bits of Suspiria in it, and um, it it stayed interesting and fun. I won't say it was funny at all, and it certainly didn't scare me. Um, no, it, I wouldn't put horror as as any descriptor on this, but uh, it it was it was a fun ride. How'd you guys yeah, feel? Yeah, I enjoyed it. Jolie and I? I'd, liked it. How did you feel about it? Me? Yeah.
0: Yeah, I I, I like
2: the look of it. And uh, yeah, I just like it's, uh, you know, the crazier it gets, uh, the more I like it. And it's, uh, you know, someone who knows what they're doing with their editing and yeah, when to just uh, let the visuals tell the story. And um, I wish, uh, I wish the uh, Phoenix character had been more convincing as a star singer. Um,
1: yeah.
2: Uh, that feels like the, the weakest link to me. Um,
0: yeah. I like Jessica Harper, but yeah, I felt yeah. like her part was a little weak.
2: Yeah. So, I mean, she's, she's awesome in Suspiria, but, um, but here she's supposed to be this like instant overnight sensation. And it's like, no, it's,
0: it's just too bad. No, she was a little too I take it, you know, she's supposed to be an amateur and be a little raw that they could work on, but she didn't have that underlying shine there. You could tell like, oh, she could really be a star. You could, Mm. I don't know, she's not quite enough.
1: Yeah, she definitely had star quality looks, but there should have been something different and edgy about her talent as a singer to, to really push that into, you know, super believable But, um, yeah, probably not the biggest weakness of the movie. I I think it's hard to say whether or not to recommend this. I would say for people who, who like rock opera kind of stuff, people who like Rocky Horror and Tommy and, you know, the New York Dolls and, and, uh, you know, even people who like Bowie and, and stuff like that, uh, there's, there's something there for you you know, especially the Rocky Horror fans. Uh, I can't imagine any of them would be watching this, not wanting it to be more like Rocky Horror, but uh, at least it would have something for them, I would say.
2: Yeah, Yeah. and if you're an Argento fan, then, uh, uh, you know, he's greatly inspired by this and the, uh, I think the 1940s Phantom of the Opera. Oh, yeah. Um, Yeah. So, yeah, you should definitely check him out.
1: Yeah, that, that totally works. Um, so, yeah, it, it it's like this. This is recommendable to, I would say, a segment of, of people. You could usually identify them. If somebody's going on and on about the stuff they like, and it's it includes New York dolls and Rocky Horror. You could be like, mm-hmm.
2: hey, is yeah, and, and wearing a uh, Dead Records T-shirt.
1: Yeah. Yeah. For sure. <laughs> or an owl mask that's painted silver, you know? Yeah, yeah. yeah want yeah, I
0: wonder to know what this owl mask was. Like, where did they find that?
2: <laughs> yeah, he just pulls it off a shelf, doesn't he?
1: Yeah.
0: Yeah. It but looked... I'm like, where, I wonder where the prop people found it, is what I wonder. Like, it... did they make that mask or did they find it on a shelf like that?
1: Well, it, <laughs> it, it looked like a motorcycle helmet with a scaramouche mask scaramouched onto it and, uh, <laughs> <laughs> and then just sanded down and painted silver. Yeah. I mean I, I could be wrong, but I'm gonna guess that uh yeah, that's a football helmet scaramouche combo. You know, that old bit. We've all that seen that old bit. We've seen that before.
0: They were big in the seventies.
1: Yeah. Um so uh is it uh, time for one of us in particular to pick the next movie? Is it uh Will, you chose this one, Jolien. Uh, uh, I think
2: it's your your turn, Richard.
1: Is it my turn? Oh, oh man Yeah. yeah. Oh, that—that's a—that's a lot of pressure. I'm—I would be tempted to say let's talk about horror documentaries, but I'm also tempted to say let's watch High Moon and see if it's terrible. Okay, it's going to be terrible. High Moon. And that,
0: that's, <laughs> that's on, on
1: It's—it's it, it's on Amazon Prime or Prime Video, whatever you want to call it. Okay. I'm tempted. I don't want to commit to that right now. Um, yeah. Oh.
2: Uh, we got, we can do horror westerns.
1: Yeah. We could, uh, do that as a theme. And if High Moon doesn't suck, uh,
2: yeah, I, I'm going to watch High Moon. Okay. Because I don't have yeah. Lost Empire. Um, so I'm going to watch High Moon and, uh, and then, uh, if that doesn't seem very interesting, I'll, I'll find another horror western.
1: Okay. So Lost Empire is a, uh, is, is just eluding us at this time. So, yeah, at, at some point,
0: uh, if you, uh, I don't know, uh, when you want to bring those masks over, but I might be able to, uh, trade off a, a thumb drive and then you could, uh, put it on your computer and pass it along to, to Jolian.
1: Yeah, I could do that. Um, yeah, maybe we could do that tomorrow or the next day, but, uh, Okay. yeah, we could do, um, yeah, let's do horror Westerns. And then the following episode we can do lost empire. Was it lost empire or last empire?
0: Yes. Lost
1: Lost empire. Okay. I want to make sure I'm saying that right. Um, Yeah. Cool. Well, there we go. We got our next two episodes. Um, So horror Westerns, um, which, which should include high moon. (laughs) I hope I'm remembering that one. Right. (laughs) You guys are going to be like, there's no movie by that name.
0: There's no movie by that name.
1: Yeah. Okay. Well, um, if that's a good place for you guys, we could call it a show and uh, do this, do this again in a week. Okay.
0: Okay. Let's call it a show.
1: It's a show. Listeners. Thank you for listening. Take care, everyone. And be safe.
2: Bye.